Good evening and welcome to the marriage reform. <laughs> oh boy. All right, guys. Welcome to the Relationship Game Changers, the call. As you know, we have made a name change, and my mind is catching up with my heart. And so we are here tonight, married, unmarried, want to be married, separated, divorced, widowed, but we are here because we believe that God wants relationship game changers in every sphere of influence that he places us. And so I thank you so much for taking your time. I I tell you what, there's so many places you could be. There's so much information out there now, so many opportunities, so that you are sharing the next few minutes with us. We don't take it for granted. We really, really appreciate it. Some of you come on the call, and you may hear uh, some of us praying. That is the team that prays before this call, and and so they are cognizant of the time. And so as you come in, if you hear that, they are going to make room for you. They want to hear you. We want to hear you. I want to hear you. But that's what's happening sometimes when you guys call and you hear people praying. They are on the call. Uh, before we get on the call, just to bathe this opportunity and this, uh, this space uh, in prayer on your behalf, and on behalf of God, because we desire to host the presence of God. And so we thank God for all of you who come on early and are just consistent and faithful to pray, to cover this line with the word of God, with the blood of the lamb. And we welcome and we thank you, each of you, so much for coming on and, again, just sharing your time. Well, the uh, Relationship Game Changers call. Uh, we've been praying for, for a few years now, a couple years. This is actually our third year, and we are praying principles, kingdom principles. First of all, we want kingdom relationships. We want kingdom marriages. We want kingdom friendships. We want kingdom business relationships. We want kingdom church relationships. We want kingdom ministry relationships. We want kingdom, 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 the kingdom of God, which is very different from religion, which is very different from the Christianity many of us have grown up on and have learned and have received and practiced. And the difference is, one of the major differences is when we teach kingdom principles and kingdom truths, they transcend gender. That means they apply to us whether we are male or female, husband or wife. They transcend race. They transcend economics, education, denomination, political parties and any other identifying characteristic, the kingdom of God penetrates and just goes right through all of those things because it is truth. And when something is true, it is true on the individual level. It's true on the uh, the marriage level. It's true on the family level. It's true on the church level, com- community level, business level. It's true in our nation. And so we are aggregating, we are coalescing around those things that are applicable and true to all that the glory of God might be seen in our personal relationships, in our churches, communities, 
and even this nation's if it, nation. If this is your first time on the call, um, the format of this call, we do announcements, we pray, we teach, and then we pray the word that is taught. So a couple of announcements before we get started or as we're starting. We were in Denver, Colorado on Saturday, and I'm telling you, it was amazing. We had some folks on the ground, Pam, who is a faithful uh, to be on this call, and one of the people that prays before everybody else gets on the call. She coordinated it. We had folks on the ground, and we had folks on Zoom. And I'm telling you, you, each one of these experiences are completely different, and God surprises us. We had a 14-year-old on the call who accompanied his mom. We had an opportunity to pray for him. And I tell you, the, 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 the connections, what God did with so many different witnesses, it's just hard to even re, be able to repeat in a call like this. But just quickly, Amy was praying for Golden, Colorado. I found out Golden, Colorado was a former Gold Rush state. The 14-year-old gets on the call, and I ask him, can we pray for you at the end? He says, yes. So I say, first I ask him about his relationship with the Lord, and he tells me that he believes in Christ. So I ask him, what's your dream? And he says to me, I want to make money. It's like, okay, God can do that. So we began to pray for him. Uh, and and as we began to do that and, and just uh, different ones uh, prophesied to him, so we had Amy praying about the gold, uh, the gold golden Colorado, and then and that's the gold rush. Then we have a 14-year-old coming on from Colorado, so I want to make money. And then we leave there, and I don't even know if I'm catching all of the witnesses that we had, but one of the other significant witnesses were two. One of the other significant witnesses to that call was this, uh, we were driving, it was maybe a few hours afterwards, and we see a double rainbow. So the joining of the generations, that is the, the former people that were, were involved in the gold rush, and now we have a young man, 14 years old, a joining of the generations, and what was will be, and that young man was a symbol. He was a, uh, if you will, a, a testimony of what God intends to do in Colorado, in marriages and relationships, but also what God wants to do through this generation. And as you and I make ourselves available and join the generations, oh my gosh, we are becoming a force to be reckoned with. And so we saw, a, Amy and I saw a double rainbow uh, at, later that evening, and it was just, it's just, it's just absolutely um uh, it, it just was amazing, uh, just the weight of his glory on that call. I, Pam sent me a picture of her and one of the other ladies that was praying, and, and the picture had a, it had a, um, it was like this light, a ring of light around her and this other woman. And I, I texted her back. I said, did you see that ring of light? And she said, no, not till you showed it to me. And there was a ring of God's glory around us as we were in Colorado. So I'm excited, guys. I am pumped.
pump because I know that God is part of this. And I also know that when we pray the word of God, what we're doing is laying train tracks to give God the authority and give God back authority and permission to run and intervene in the affairs of mankind. And we have to do that. That's why we pray. We have to do that because, remember, God gave the earth to man. And so without our permission, Neither he nor Satan has the legal right to intervene in the affairs of man. And so when we were in Denver, we laid some train tracks and gave God the permission again to intervene in the affairs of man. We sowed seeds in that state so that opportunities to declare kingdom marriage and kingdom truth will come at God's appointed time. And so I'm telling you, we're going to be on uh, the 25th, July 25th, not this weekend, but next weekend. We are going to be in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, seeding that soil with kingdom marriage. We're going to be laying train tracks to give God permission and opportunity to fulfill his word in those particular places. We believe that marriage is an integral and a strategic part of the end time awakening and the harvest and that God is restoring marriage to the church, not the traditions of men that make the word of God ineffective in marriage, not religious marriage, but kingdom marriage that glorifies God and is to the benefit of those he's given us to influence. So we want you to be a part of that. And if you are interested in becoming a part, I know you're on the line, Pam, and I I just, um, if you or Amy want to jump in here real quick, I really just want to make sure that we're giving presence and place to what God is saying uh, to us as we go to these different states. We're going to 50 states and U.S. territories declaring kingdom marriage, and we want you to be a part. So uh, Pam or Amy, if you have something that you want to add or I missed something, please jump in here. You just need to start six. Okay, oh, well, I will say, can you hear oh, me? There we go. <laughs> I can hear you. Yes, yes, I can. It was just amazing to just see to host God's presence you know to know I think every state has truly been different and we might have an expectation one way and just to see God just exceed I would just say that's what's happening he exceeds our expectation you know we've gone knowing that he's asked us to go to every state but every state it's amazing he does something different so just to see that in Colorado, I mean, it really was amazing to see, um, well, first of all, the backdrop was the graffitied state capitol, which was so disheartening, you know, to see the graffiti, but then to see that that didn't matter, you know, God came down and, and just his glory, it was so heavy, his glory was so heavy, and then just for him to move on behalf of this young man and to see just what God's doing in Colorado as we were praying, you know, uh, the vision I had was just, yes, golden, and just that Colorado just being a beacon of hope, not just for Colorado, but for the nation. So just to see as we're seeding that in and, and calling forth the things that God's already placed and, and destined 
uh, Colorado to be and just what he's doing in every state to see that it's different in every state and that he's called every state to something and, and the individuals that are hearing his voice and coming forth. It was just really amazing. And then visually to see, to actually look at the picture and see that it looks like a portal, you know, where you can see the light. That was just beautiful and amazing. And, um, it, it was just, I don't know if my words describe it, but honestly, guys, it was just <laughs> incredible to see God move. <laughs> yeah. And, and Amy, you didn't share this, but Amy came home and, um, and uh, she opened the door actually at a, at a, a, a retreat area. And, and, and that next morning, now remember, we're talking about Golden Colorado. We're talking about this young man's desire to make money. And that very next morning, the Lord tells Amy to open the drawer. And she opens the drawer. Yeah. And the thing that, that what was on top was the book of jo- – it was a, a children's book on Joseph. And as you guys know, Joseph was the one that uh, Pharaoh promoted to second in command, and he was in charge of all of the storehouse of Egypt during the time of famine. So, I mean, it doesn't – I mean, this, And, and this that was exactly what we had prayed. <laughs> That's exactly what we had yep. prayed over this young man, for him to have – a, the spirit of Joseph, you know, to Joseph be like anointing. a Joseph in yeah. Colorado, to not just have money for yeah. himself, but to know how to strategically use it in the kingdom. We had just prayed that. So it was just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's really cool. Guys, you can't make this stuff up. I, I tell you what, when you're in the flow, when you're in the river, when you're in the place that God ha- calls you to be, when you're with the tribe that God has you to be, Stuff will begin to happen for you that you could not make happen on your own. It's like you can't make this kind of stuff up, which brings me to, Pam, are you out there? You're, you're quiet, and, and um, I'm going to give you just a second or so because it is your state, and we thank you so much for welcoming us and inviting us to, to declare the word of God in your state. And Pam is probably going to be quiet on me. <laughs> Well, Pam, I tell you what, if you wanna if you wanna hop on at the end, we'll certainly make uh, room for you. I can't text and do this at the same time, so I can't uh, I can't see you or hear you at this point in time. But we thank you so much. Can't do it without you. Hey, listen, if you wanna be with us in Maryland, and Pam will be in Maryland and in in Washington D.C., and then we got folks in Virginia. If you wanna be part of this, I tell you what, it'll bless the daylights out of you. It's bigger than any one of us could do on our own, please text Amy at 678-754-0867, 678-754-0867. If you want to be part of it, next week, July 25th, we'll be in Washington, D.C. at 10, Maryland at 12 or 1230, and then we'll be in Virginia around 2. So if you can participate or take part in one or all of them, we welcome you, invite you, and just, uh, again, text Amy and let her know, and we'll get you the information. Usually we'll have a Zoom meeting so everybody knows. Um, okay, I just got the message. Pam's having difficulty getting on right now. Um, but if you do that, we'll have a Zoom meeting. You'll know exactly what we're going to do. It's, a, it's a, a flow, all of those kinds of things. 
So, um, yeah, just let us know. We need you, want you to be a part and feel the glory of God and what he's doing even through us as he makes us a hundred times more than we are. Which brings me to, I said last week I had an announcement. And the announcement I have, if you've been on Facebook at all, all week, we have been announcing Relationship Game Changers, the membership to a private Facebook group where we're going to be taking a deeper dive into some of these issues, some of the things that we talk about here. You know, I will be in that group weekly going live. We will be, it will be interactive, which means unlike tonight where it's like me talking to you, you'll be able to talk to me. You'll be able to see me. And you will also be able to interact, ask your questions, get comments, and interact with other folks that have decided to be relationship game changers in this hour. You know, no one changes on his or her own. We've been revealing that and unpacking that for you over the past several weeks, how Jesus's relationship with Peter was an unpacking of his humanity so that he could receive the fullness of the deity of God. And Peter doesn't, didn't change on his own, and neither will you and I. We change in relationships. That is the place that God has given for healing. That is the place that God has given for change. If you or I could have changed on our own, Jesus would not have had to come and endure the pain and the humiliation of the cross. But because it requires a relationship, because it requires uh, uh, somebody being in it with us to move us to where God would have us to be, um, Jesus came and afforded each one of us the opportunity to know God, to take part with his divine nature, and to allow him or to become host to his presence, that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel so that the glory can be proven to come from God and not us. And so relationships have a built-in way of showing us who we are and who we're not. And this information is valuable to us if we're going to influence others. You really got to know who you are and who you're not if you're going to influence others for the kingdom's sake. And so that's why we created the private Facebook group called Relationship Game Changers. And as a member, as a founding member, there will be 59 founding members. Why 59? Because on September 13th, I'll be 59 years old. And by September 13th, we are believing, God, that there will be 59 members. And so uh, if you are one of those 59 members, then you will enjoy a discounted rate of $7.97 per month. After that, it will go up to $9.97 per month. So we want to extend that to you as our gift to you for being on this line, for being part of this group, for supporting it, for sending this and sharing this message with others. We want to be a blessing to you. So up until the 59th member, um, it is $7.97 a month. Uh, and then after that, it'll be nine ninety seven per month. And in that group, also, in addition to taking deeper dives and interacting with you personally, you'll also have opportunities to participate. We have an upcoming free challenge for members. It's called Permission Granted, a five day challenge to be free from people pleasing. So if you know you need to be free from people pleasing. You know if you've got some people pleasing up on you, it is hindering you from becoming the relationship game changer that God has called you to be. So this group, 
was created with you in mind. It was created with this group of people in mind. And so before we open it up to other people, we want to make it available to you. It's a no-judgment zone. Wherever you are, you can start to learn and grow in relationship with others who are doing the same. And if any of you have seen my Facebook, you know I'm learning and growing straight in your presence. I don't have it all together. Uh, it, it's just it's, it's a process. But that process means that we have to show up together. We have to interact with each other so that we can receive from each other. You know, I've heard it said all the time, you can teach your kids all day long, but it's what you live into them that will be lived out of them. And so that's why we do this relationship game changer. So we can learn to live together for a few moments at a time so that what comes out of us is greater, is greater than what could come out of us on our own. So, again, this is your opportunity. If you want to join that group, you'll just need to go to relationshipgamechangers.com, and then we'll be opening that up later this week. Well, tonight, let's pray. Let's pray, and I want to share some thoughts with you, and we want to keep it moving. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, and we praise you for who you are. We thank you, Father God, that you Lord, our God, all by yourself, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you are true through and through, that who you are is how you show up. We thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We thank you, Father God, that, Lord, that you are love. You are kindness. You are hope. You are truth, God. You are faith. You are our all and in all, Father. We thank you that all things come from you, through you, and to you. And we bless your holy name tonight. We thank you, Lord, for entrusting us, God, with your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have made us your habitation, God. Lord, we desire the mind of Christ. Lord, to be fully operative in us, God. We thank you, Father God, that the glory of God is in us and that, Lord, your spirit is in us. Lord, a well of water springing up into eternal life, and yea, even out of our bellies are flowing rivers of living water, God. So we're connected to you vertically, and we're connected to each other horizontally, Father God. And, Lord, we thank you tonight that we desire to maintain connection. Lord, we declare freedom in the name of Jesus, that your people would know you in the power of your resurrection, and yea, even in the fellowship of your suffering. Lord, we thank you that we are one in Christ, Father. And, Lord, we just thank you for the cross, Lord, in the place of exchange. We thank you and we bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I just kind of want to talk to you a little bit tonight, a little little bit more impromptu tonight. I know last week I gave you a lot of scripture and it was line upon line. I, I just really want to share with you tonight. Earlier today I was talking about finding your voice and and I just wonder, I, I have this question, a couple of them as a matter of fact. I wonder, you know, is it difficult? Is it a difficult, you know, when you have to have a difficult conversation with your spouse, your child, your in-laws, your friend, your boss, your pastor, um, is it difficult for you to have those conversations? I mean, uh, there are a lot of conversations that aren't easy, but I'm talking about the, the difficult conversations. You have to 
make a change in your behavior. You have to make a change to the relationship. And so it's difficult for you to do that. So you pray and, and you plan, you know, what you're going to say. You might even write the whole thing out. I mean, you may even fast. You, I mean, you really uh, want to get this quote right. You know, you really want to be able to say what you mean, not necessarily to offend others, but to, to just to be present and represent your thinking, your thoughts in the most honest and true way as possible. So you, you take a great deal of time to plan what you're going to say. You might even run what you're going to say by somebody else to see if it sounds okay, to see, you know, just if it makes sense to somebody else, just kind of checking in. Um, and, 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 and so you do all of these things, and, and then you show up, and you get to that moment. It's like you can't find the right words to say. It's like you had it all in your mind, but it doesn't come out right. Um, or, or the person is angry and, and maybe even posturing and somewhat intimidating, and, and it causes you to lose your train of thought. And, I mean, you even become confused. I mean, or maybe they're gaslighting and, and turning your words or twisting your words, and, 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 and then fear just kind of grips you when, you when you get ready to speak. And so you can't get it all together. You can't get it out. And you knew what you wanted to say, but now that you're in the moment, you just can't seem to say it. You, you, you just can't think fast enough on your feet to be able to respond to what's coming at you. Or again, like I said, somebody's twisting your word. You, you said what you meant, and then someone takes your dime and twists it and uses it to their own advantage. Um, you kind of leave the conversation feeling defeated. You, you just kind of like, what just happened? I mean, what just happened? I mean, you did all this praying and all this, you know, preparing and Somehow you leave the conversation and nothing went the way you thought it would go. It was not nearly as smooth. And quite frankly, you don't even. Praise, praise God, praise God, guys. My phone just like went blip and just cut off. So I'm back here. But the point that I was making, and some of you, I know this resonates with you, that it, it's happened, and I know it's happened to me. So um, it, it's just, it, it just, you feel bad when it happens. I mean, you think all kinds of things. And you even walk away, you know, next time I'm going to say this, next time I'm going to do it like this. And so you pray harder, you practice harder, you look in the mirror and you say it, and, and you vow that next time things are just going to be different. And it's not different, but it's not different. You know, each time it happens the same way. You know what you want to say, but you just can't get your words together in the moment. You know, Peter had that challenge. And I want to read some scripture to you and just make a couple of comments, and then we'll go ahead and pray. But you'll recall Peter denied Jesus three times. And it wasn't that Peter didn't know what to say. It wasn't that Peter 
unfamiliar with Jesus. It wasn't that, I mean, Peter loved Jesus. Remember, most of Jesus' conversations and interactions were directed at Peter. Remember, Peter was Jesus' best friend, if we could say it like that. I mean, he was the one that he addressed. He was the one with time to walk on the water, when it was time to be at the Mount of Transfiguration, when the last time he revealed himself before he ascended to the Father, the conversation was with Jesus, I mean, with Peter. So Jesus and Peter had this close, intimate connection of a relationship. So Peter loved Jesus. I mean, he cared about Peter. Uh, about Jesus. And so then we get to Luke 22, 54 through 62, and it says this. The religious leader seized Jesus and led him away. But Peter followed from a safe dis- distance. I thought it was interesting that Peter followed, but at a safe distance, meaning at a distance where he was not in the danger zone, where he was not in the threat Zone. He followed from a safe distance. He could see what was happening, but he was not close enough to be directly impacted by what was happening. Which reminds me when when he when Jesus and uh, when Peter, Jesus told Peter that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and die in Matthew 16. You know, Peter's response pulled him aside and said, "You know, not so. This isn't going to happen to you." And I just wonder who was Peter really thinking about at that moment. Was Peter thinking about Jesus, or was Peter thinking about himself? Just something to think about, because he had spent all this time with Jesus. And so three years he had been with him. And so then in verse, it says that he followed from a safe distance. They brought him to the home of the high priest, where people were already gathered out in the courtyard. Someone had built a fire, so Peter inched closer and sat down among them to stay warm. Notice Peter. First he follows from a safe, safe distance. So he is aware of danger. And sometimes when you and I have to have difficult conversations, it may not be the same kind of danger that Peter experienced here, but there's some kind of, of uh, potential threat for loss or rejection or something that might uh, cause fear to rise up in you. And certainly Peter followed at a safe distance because he was afraid. He was afraid of what could happen to him. But he also inched closer. It's kind of like, you know how you just kind of looking, but you inch closer. Let me just get a little closer. And he, the Bible says he sat down among them. Sat down among who? He sat down among people who were not necessarily with Jesus to stay warm. So Peter was concerned about his own preservation, not his relationship with Jesus at the time. And sometimes when you and I get to these difficult conversations, we're much more concerned about surviving it than actually uh, using our voice and speaking up. Surviving is more important than using our voice. And then it says in verse 56, a girl noticed Peter sitting in the firelight, staring at him. So she wasn't just looking. She was like Peter. She was like intense. She was staring at him, and she pointed him out. So now Peter's on display. It wasn't like she went up to Peter and put him aside and whispered in his ear. The Bible says that she stared at him and pointed him out. So, we, so who, who was she pointing him out to? Remember, he was sitting 
with a group of people, and she sees him and points him out and says, he, she doesn't even ask. She says, this man is one of Jesus' disciples. So how could she have known that unless she had seen him with Jesus? Then Peter, she didn't ask him anything. He could have been quiet. But in verse 57, the Bible says, Peter flatly denied it, saying, what are you talking about, girl? I don't know him. So after three years, people seeing him with Jesus, Peter, the audacity, the humanity, the fearing for his own life says, what are you talking about? He denied it. What are you talking about? I don't know him. Verse 58, a little while later, someone else spotted Peter and said, I recognize you. You're one of his. I know it. So this is the second witness, the second person that sees him with Jesus. But here's what Peter says. I'm not one of his disciples. So Peter lied. So in other words, Peter was people-pleasing. He lied because he was concerned about his own preservation. Because if they did that to Jesus, what might that mean for me? If they treat other people that way, what might that mean for me? Hmm. So I wonder, when you and I approach these difficult conversations, what is the under-conversation that's going on? Wow, I've seen how they treat other people I don't want to be treated like that. I see how my boss treats other people. I don't want to be treated like that. I see how my pastor treats people when he's not in the pulpit or she's not in the pulpit. I don't want to be treated that way. I see how my in-laws or my husband or my wife treats other people. I have experienced their um, I have experienced their wrath, so to speak. I have experienced you know, their anger, I have experienced their rebuttal, and I don't want to experience that. It doesn't feel good. Verse 59, about an hour later, someone else, so this third witness, identified Peter and insisted he was a disciple of Jesus, saying, look at him. He's from Galilee, just like Jesus. I know he's one of them. Oh, my gosh. Wow, verse 60, but Peter was adamant. Listen, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't you understand? I don't even know him. While the words were still in his mouth, the rooster crowed. And then we saw the exchange between Jesus and Peter. Three times, three different people identified Peter as being in relationship with Jesus. And three times Peter lied. So my question to you is, was Peter lying to them or was he lying to himself? And that's important because it's very difficult to lie to others without having first lied to yourself. So Peter lied. What was his lie? His lie was, the real truth of it, it wasn't that he was concerned about being in relationship with Jesus. Peter didn't want to die. Remember, Jesus told him, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer many things, and then I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. And think about this. If you've been with somebody for three years, and he's telling you this is what's going to happen, and the moment now arises, 
You've left your industry. You've left your work. You've left your business. You know, you've just changed your whole world around this person to, to be with this person, and this person tells you, I'm done. I'm going. I'm finished. And they're going to hurt me before they kill me. Now, Peter, the human being, at that moment where his life was in question, I suggest to you that Peter was more concerned about living than about being identified with Christ who was about to die. And that's the way it is with you and I, particularly when we get in difficult conversations or we have to have difficult conversations with people. The question will always arise, what are you afraid of? What is the worst thing that could happen? If I tell my spouse how I really feel, they might leave me. And if I put my foot down and say, no, um, uh, Pastor, I disagree with that with all due respect, then does that mean that I no longer have a church home? What could it mean for you? What's the loss? What's the rejection? What's the fear? Because Fear will prevent you and I from saying what we need to say. But even bigger than that, bigger than that, I really believe that finding your voice, speaking up, uh, and having the right words at the right time with the right people um, is not really where you begin to find your voice. That's not where it begins. I mean, besides that, keeping up with all those details, it can be quite dizzying. I mean, it's crazy. Wait a minute, I've got to say this, and these are the words I need to say. Listen, I know it's true because sometimes I've, got, I've been having to do these Facebook Lives, and I've got to remember what to say, and sometimes I try to write them down, and then I just throw the paper away, and I'm like, you know what, God, here I am, and this is the best I can do, and this is what I remember to say. Or, or not remember to say, I know what I want to communicate, but sometimes I just have to show up and offer what I have and trust God to make the most of it for his glory. So you and I can't even keep up with all the words that need to be said at the right time, the precise time they need to be said, to the right people they need to be said. I mean, it's just dizzy. You can't do it. I mean, you're driving yourself crazy because it doesn't begin with having the right words. It doesn't begin with having the right time and the right opportunity, the right person. It does, I mean, think about it. Some of you have been married. You've tried to say it at the right time. You've tried to say it in the right voice. You've tried to say it in the right way. You've tried to say it in the right place, and still it just falls to the floor. It just, it just doesn't go anywhere. It's just ineffective. And the one reason I believe that it's ineffective is because it doesn't start there. See, Finding your voice and being able to show up and speak up has to do with who you are and who you choose to be every moment of the day. It has to do with being true to through and through. For example, Jesus was true through and through. He was true through and through, meaning that Jesus was truthful in public and he was truthful in private. He was truthful with God, and he was truthful with himself. He didn't have a a public and private. He was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Listen, 
Credibility does not have to do. You can give all the information in the world. That doesn't make you credible. There is so much information out there right now and so many people that are giving information that have zero credibility. Because credibility isn't just about having the right answer. It's just not having about having the right scriptures and the right information. True credibility and believability and confidence comes from being who you are on purpose. So I have decided I'm going to be a friend. So I have people that have done me wrong, like you, have treated me wrong. But I'm going to be a friend to them because that's who I am. Now, mind you, what I do as a friend may be different than what I've done as a friend before. So there are people that I love and care about, but we don't have the same level or depth of friendship we've had before. But if they called me, I'm going to be a friend to them because that's who I am, and no one else gets to decide whether I am a friend or not. I get to decide that with God. Another example, if you say that you're kind, then you are kind, whether it's to a friend or whether to an enemy, because it's who you are. And part of the challenge you and I have had is we don't know who we are. And we say things that haven't become a reality on the inside of us. And when you begin to decide who you're going to be and embrace that and marry that, then when it's time to speak up, you will speak from who you are and not from what you perceive other people want, expect, or need from you. It's so much more liberating than trying to find the right words for the right person in the right group that you're in. Listen, when I've been doing these Facebook lives, what I found is this. When I am trying to be something for you because it's Facebook live, when I stop being me is when I start trying to be something for you. And what God is asking me is to be something for him and myself and let the world see what that is. That's a very different thinking. You can't go to seminary. You can't go to college and get what I just told you. But you can get that in relationship with others who are becoming who God called them to be. And for us right now, That's why we created the private Facebook group Relationship Game Changers, because you and I need a space to practice where we're not going to be judged, where you get to decide who you're going to be and be true to who that person is. I have clients that one of the things that they want is more respect. I just want people to respect me. And my first question to them is, do you respect yourself? And, you know, it goes, kind of goes silent. I said, when you begin to learn to respect yourself, your time, your words, who you are, then you will begin to gain the respect of other people. And that's what I would say to you. We need to embrace who we are, who God has called us to be, in order to win the respect of others. So I just want to share this with you. And I, and I love this, this verse in Scripture because I just think it just says it all. And, this, and that's this. If God loves you and accepts you, who are you to reject you? Let me say it again. If God loves you 
and accepts you the way you are, the way he's made you, the way he's created you, then who are you to reject or condemn what God has made? That's an insult. And so many of us have done it. While we raise our hands, we worship God, we may pray in the spirit, and the whole time we're rejecting God's creation because we think, uh, we just don't think well of ourselves. And let me also say this. You can think too much of yourself and more of yourself than you are, or you can think to think more of yourself than you are is pride. To think less of yourself than God says is also a form of pride. So you're going to have it at both ends of the spectrum. But God calls us to have a sober mind. And we can because, listen to this, and I just want to read it. I won't read all of the verses, but I want to end on this. And maybe I will because it's important. It's Psalm 139, and you know it. It says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. Oh, uh, everything. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. Do you understand that God knows the thoughts that will appeal to you before you grab them and internalize them? You are so intimately, God, you are so Intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak be even before I start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare a way for me. Check that out. God's already been in your future. And he's prepared a way for you. And that way includes divine relationships and appointments and a tribe to help you get to your destiny. It says, and in kindness, you follow behind. So not only does he go before you, but now he's behind you in kindness to spare you, to spare you from harm of your past. Oh, gosh, he is sparing us. He wants to spare you from the harm of your past. And we talked about that in great length last week. He wants to spare you. He doesn't want you to keep reliving your past. He doesn't want you to live your present and cope and relate to others the way you did in your past. He wants to spare you from it. And he spares you by delivering you from it. He says, with your hand of love upon my life, you impart blessing to me. This is too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where can I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with the wings of the shining dawn, you are there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Listen to that. Wherever we go, his hand is there to guide. So you can't mess up bad enough for his hand not to be there to lead you out. For your presence is everywhere bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as day. There's no difference between the two. You formed me. 
You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelous and breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, God. You even formed every bone in my body. When you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something, you saw who you created me to be before I became me. Listen to that. He saw who he created you to be before you became you, and it is, it is a sin to live anything but you. And if you spend your life living somebody else and trying to be somebody else, who is going to be you? We need you. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you were thinking of me. Isn't it amazing God never gets us mixed up? He never confuses our stories. He never confuses our problems. He never, I mean, I'm a mom, and sometimes I call one of my children the other name or my grand, I just call them different names. He never gets us mixed up. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly with every thought. Oh, God, your desires to me are more than the grains of the sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. Oh, God, come and slay these bloodthirsty, murderous men. And it just goes on. It just goes on just to talk about how much God loves you. He thought you were such a good idea that he created you. He was enjoying you in eternity with himself. And he said, you know what? You were such an unrepeatable miracle. You were such a great idea. i got to get you to earth so that others can see how wonderful you are to me. And so he picked out your parents and put you in your mother's womb, and he reserved you for himself even before you were born, knowing everything that you would ever do, every sin you would ever commit, every, everything you would ever say, every mess up, every mistake that you would ever create. And you know what he said? I reserved you for myself, knowing everything that you would ever do. So God is not put off by your past. He's not put off by your present. He just wants us to come into relationship fully like Peter did. And so tonight, Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Father God, that you've offered us relationship, not a religion. God, we hear so often, God, Christianity is a relationship. And yet, Lord, so many of us haven't entered into the depth of that relationship, God. So tonight, Father God, I pray, Lord, and I release the grace of God to enter into the depths of your heart, God, even as they allow you to enter into the depths of their own heart, God. So many, God, are crying out, God, to know you and to know you, Lord, in the depths of your heart while they withhold their own hearts from you tonight, God. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, because you are glorifying yourself, that you're releasing the grace, God. Lord, that we can see, God, you and see ourselves in the midst of you, God. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, that you have given us the authority to become the sons of God, that you have given us the authority to lay down our life and to take it up again. 
You have given us the authority to decide who we will be, God. And, Lord, you have given us wonderful attributes and characteristics in Christ laid out, God, in Ephesians 5, Lord, 22 and 23, God. And you say we can be all of these things and more, God. There's no limit to how much we can have. So, Father, teach us, Lord, not only how to love but to be loved. Teach those on this line, God, how to be truth, how to be faith, and how to be faithful, God. Teach those on this line, God, how to be sober, God, how to be kind and patient, God. We want to be the patience of God in the world today, God. We want to be the clarity of God in the world today, God. Oh, Father, we bless you tonight in the name of Jesus, God. And we declare we are becoming the people of God in all of your glory and all of your fullness, God, that we might show forth the manifold wisdom of God, Lord. For to one God is given to be love, and to another is given to be truth, and to another is given to be kindness, God, and to another is given to be mercy, God, and to another is given to be wisdom, God. Let all these things, God, manifest in the earth today, God, and glorify yourself in this people tonight, God. Lord, I bless you and I thank you tonight, God. I thank you as we embrace, Lord, who you made us to be, God, that, Lord, we will find our voice, God, that we will not have to take thought for what we will say, God, for in time of need, like Jesus said, You will give us what to say, Lord, that you would give us a mouth of wisdom, God, so, Lord, that none would be able to refute God. Lord, that you would make us wise as serpents and as harmless as doves, God, that we can speak the truth in love, that our words would be apples of gold and picture frames of silver, God. That you're returning, Lord, the flavor to the salt, God. For surely you have made us the salt of the earth, God. I thank you and I praise you that you have made us a preservative, God, in this hour, Father. I thank you for the remnant of a preservative in this hour, God. Lord, I thank you that we would know you in the power of your resurrection and in the fellowship of your suffering, God. We declare your word is true tonight, God. We declare that you are watching over to perform it in the hearts and the minds of your people today, God. We thank you and we bless you today and we honor you in the name of Jesus. We declare, God, that we are your people and that you are our God, that you have delivered us from the kingdom of darkness, Lord, that into the wonderful kingdom of light, Father. We thank you, Lord. We seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, God. Now add everything else unto us according as we have need, God. Lord, as we delight ourselves in you, God, grant us the desires of our heart, God. And, Lord, I hear and declare in the name of Jesus, breakthrough, God. Breakthrough, God, because we've entered into relationships, God. Lord, that would bring us through and bring us out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless you and we honor you tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You know, guys, uh, for the last three days, um, I'm on a prayer call in the mornings, every morning, seven days a week. And um, for the past two, three days, actually, the word that we continue to hear is breakthrough. And I want you to be in relationships so that you can break through and break out and fulfill your destiny in Jesus' name. And that's one of the reasons we created Relationship Game Changers and Membership Group. So, again, if that's something that you're interested in, welcome you to be a founding member. Uh, welcome you to do that. We, we want you to be <clears> – <throat> we want you to add your voice 
you know, as a founding member, you'll, I'll be calling on you to do some exclusive polls and surveys uh, so that we can be the best what God would have us to be to each other and to those that he is sending us. And I tell you what, there's nothing greater. When we went to Denver and we go to each of these states, there is nothing greater than the joy of taking part in building something and exciting that's bigger than any one of us could have built on our own. And so I'm hoping that you'll consider uh, becoming and joining me in this journey and becoming a relationship game changer in the private Facebook group. Well, the replay number for tonight's call is 605-475-4980. The access code is 341-000-POUND. And the reference number for today's call is 109-POUND. Again, 109-POUND. As always, if you haven't liked the Facebook page, Relationship Game Changers, check out the membership at RelationshipGameChangers.com. Like the page, share the page. You can help us move the message forward in Jesus' name, and we'll be ever grateful all that you're doing. Don't forget, leave a comment about tonight's call, if you will, on the Facebook page, Relationship Game Changers, or private message me. Let us know how this is impacting you so that we can continue to go forward and be excellent in Jesus' name. Amy, are you there? Did you want to jump in? Do you have any closing comments? I'm not able to hear you if you're talking. I cannot hear you. Can you hear me now? I I can hear you now. God bless you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can't be coming at all. Uh, I just want anyone... Oh, uh, you're going out. I can't hear you now. We can't hear you. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, unmute yourself. I can hear you now. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Sorry, guys. I just wanted to say, you know, you've covered everything. Um, I just always want everyone to know to have my number in case you have any issues as we are expanding and growing. Um, we're relatively new to social media, really, um, over the past year. So this is new to us, too, and we just want to be excellent in all we do and want to be able to be available to you. And it's just our heart and our passion. So really, if you have any issues, please don't hesitate to text me. We do want to help you. I'm available all the time. And text is the best way to do it. If you have any questions, concerns. And you're going in and out. Let me, you're, you're going in and out. Let me, let me, because um, I'm not sure what the phone is. Uh, as, as what Amy was saying is, hey, guys, if you have questions, any questions, Please direct it to Amy. Her number is 678-754-0867, and she can answer your questions, get you whatever you need, whatever kind of help you need. But we are here for you. We do this because of you, and we want to be a support, an encouragement, and an inspiration to you as you find your place in the kingdom and influence those that God has given you to influence. 
I'm not sure, guys, what happened. I know Pam was trying to get on to share and had difficulty. The call dropped on me. But you know what? We're going to keep pressing forward in Jesus' name and just trust God that you got what you need and that God will be glorified in Jesus' name. Well, we will see you on the call next week. God willing, God bless you, and thank you again so much for all you are and all that you contribute to this process in Jesus' name.